You have no idea what you're uprooting because you're deciding to walk in integrity. You don't have any idea the atmosphere you are shifting in a room because you're walking in integrity and you're saying, I don't understand. I may not always get it right, but God, I'm going to follow after you and choose to elevate your voice above any other. And God does mighty things with that. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we have a few questions to ask and a few conversations to have. I am your host, Liv Dooley, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some of the women who inspire me to fall more deeply in love with the Word of God and walk in integrity in new ways every day. I am so grateful that you're here. Let's go on and get to work. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I am really looking forward to our conversation here on The Best Kept Secret today. I've shared with those that I get to email every week that one of the hardest things about the podcast is waiting to release the episodes that I've batched because they're all so good and I want to release them immediately. This is one of those conversations that I have just been holding on to, ready and waiting to release, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. As you will hear, my guest Jenny and I had the opportunity to meet on Zoom once we pressed record, and it was such a joy to invite her into this space and then to have the conversation because I don't always know why the Holy Spirit leads me to ask specific guests, but I have to tell you now, I could not imagine having a conversation about integrity without her. And as I was preparing for our time together, I began to remember a conversation that Mekdis Hadis, a former guest, and I had about a chapter of her book in a just mission. In chapter three, titled The Doctrine of Discovery, Mectis talks about common grace. And common grace is an expression of divine goodness and favor that is universal in this sin-cursed world. And it can, you know, include everything from the harvest that our farmers bring in every harvest season, the medical advances, the loving families, or the artistic genius that we get to enjoy. We know that those aren't held in isolation among Christians themselves, but they are extended to everyone on the earth. And Mectis talks about how important it is to recognize the doctrine of discovery when we are preparing to reach those who may not be in relationship with Christ. She writes, The drive to make converts layered with assumptions in this outdated process led us away from the call to make disciples into a direct violation of human rights. And although Mectis is primarily writing about what it means to evangelize black and brown people, you're going to hear the theme that she speaks about and writes about come up in our conversation with Jenny today, because some of the violations 
that those in Iceland have experienced at the hands of Christianity are absolutely heartbreaking. And the fallout that is a result of that is just as heartbreaking. Mechtis continues to say, we have lost the capacity to imagine that God's general revelation could lead people to Christ. In fact, the main way Christianity has been spreading in Muslim countries is through visions and dreams with Jesus Christ himself revealing himself to them. I love that she points this out and that we had the opportunity to have this conversation after we stopped recording because I have the opportunity to minister and speak to a lot of people that are influenced by the new age religion, particularly here in Las Vegas. And I often find that I have to be led by the Holy Spirit, as we all should be in any context, right, before I can talk with them because they have an idea about universalism and how God is in all of us. And so I have to be incredibly sensitive to how the Spirit wants to lead me to have those conversations in a way that will bring them to see the need for Christ. And so I love that she says that, you know, God will use missionaries, God will use evangelists, but he will also use visions and dreams. And one of the books that forever changed my life was a book that my friend Carrie Gall actually recommended called I Dared to Call Him Father by Bilquis Shake. Mm. Y'all, how she comes to the Lord is absolutely miraculous. And I recommend every single person read this book because it left me with a greater hunger and a greater desire to get to know the Holy Spirit as she knew him. <sighs> Y'all, it is my prayer that as we prepare to live with integrity, we would see the opportunity to speak to others and to minister to them from our everyday experiences. These are not isolated events. In order to effectively reach others, we have to ensure that we are truly praying and inviting the Lord to expose those inconsistencies within our hearts so that we may just walk with greater integrity every day. People want to know that what we believe is true. And we're going to get into it today. It's that time, y'all. My co-host Tanya and I are here with another woman you should know. Hey, y'all. Hey, thank you so much, Liv. You're always giving us the gems, the gems, the most beautiful gems of women we should know. Tell me about who you're introducing us today, please, please. Today, I have the honor to introduce everybody to Marva Smith. And mm -hmm. Marva Smith is a beautiful writer, a Caribbean-based management and leadership consultant, a work-life strategist, and mm -hmm. author of the, uh-oh, y'all ready for this? Y'all ready? Author of the best-selling book, Time to Thrive, a busy mm -hmm. women's devotional journey. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that so much. Her favorite titles, even in the middle of all of those other titles, are that she is a daughter of God, 
and a wife to her husband of 19 years, as well as Ooh. a mom to two teens. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Yeah, that is that is so powerful. You just said so much right there. I feel like I probably need her services. <laughs> Definitely need her book. <laughs> Heck yeah. She has a hugely popular Thrive assessment that you can take to just kind of acknowledge and identify the areas that you may need the most help in. And y'all can get connected to her on Instagram at Marva T. Smith. She likes to say that the T is for Thrive. And I'm mm -hmm. better brands on me. Yes. Thrive. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. I love that. I love that. <laughs> mm. It is so important as busy women that we learn to slow down. And her devotional is one of those resources that we can use in our toolbox to remind us to be intentional about the time that we spend with the Lord. I have to yes. let y'all in on a tiny little secret. I actually dislike a portion of our outro because it always says, now, don't you just want to go find time for the Lord or something like that? I don't know what I said, but we have to be mm -hmm. intentional about that thing. Mm -hmm, and so, mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate women like Marva who are helping us grow, uh, you know, just greater intentionality to yeah. ensure that we are making time for the Lord. Absolutely. Oh, there's so much I could say. But the more time you spend with him, the more beautiful he becomes to you and the more you're going to want to spend time, you know, so just I love that about him. And I love that she's just encouraging and, and empowering people as like she you said a management consultant, right? So she's not only doing this professional empowering people thing, also spiritually, too. I love that. I, lo I love that. She's like in both spheres, like encouraging people, like to just do their best and get what they need. And of course, of utmost importance is that time with the Lord. Yes. yes. Marva T. Smith. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Marva is the woman you should know. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, y'all. I have to tell you that one of my favorite parts of this season has been the segment titled Women You Should Know. It's absolutely impossible to have a conversation with every single woman that we get the opportunity to be influenced and inspired by. But I do hope that you are taking note and connecting with each of those beautiful ladies doing incredibly important work in our world today. And as we move forward, I don't want you to just connect with Marva. I also want to invite you to connect with Jenny Erlingson. Jenny is an author of fiction and creative nonfiction. She's also speaker and wife to a Viking from Iceland. Jenny is a mother to four equally cute and fierce mocha drops. And after receiving a bachelor and a master's degree in social work, Jenny spent 12 years in pastoral ministry at The Rock, FWC, in Huntsville, Alabama. In 2018, her family followed the call of God to move and serve in Iceland. From Iceland, Jenny continues her passion for writing, creating, and encouraging others. Her two published work, Becoming His and Milk and Honey in the Land of Fire and Ice, Combine biblical fiction and compelling prose to help women cultivate Christ-centered identity, intimacy, and influence. Her writing has also been featured in various blogs, including Velvet Ashes, 
Over the years, she has spoken at conferences, gatherings, small groups, and Bible studies, and she continues to do so in and from Iceland. Jenny is the founder of Milk and Honey Women and Milk and Honey Books, where she encourages others to remain firmly rooted in Christ as they step out in their unique purposes, including writing and publishing. Her desire is to help others break the fear of man off their lives so that they can walk out their calling with beauty and boldness. Jenny is represented by Barb Bruce of Books and Such Literary Management, and she has a new book releasing in 2024. Would you please help me welcome Jenny Erlingson to The Best Kept Secret. All right, y'all. I am so excited to introduce you to a new friend of mine. Her name is Jenny Erlingston. And goodness, y'all, I have been so blessed by her content online that I got into her inbox earlier. I don't even know when. I don't even know when. But I got into her (laughs) inbox at some point or her emails at some point because we have some different points of connection, some different groups that we're a part of together. And I was just like, hey, are you interested in coming on? Because I would love to talk to you further from what I've seen. Your story is, my goodness, (laughs) something that only the Lord could have done. So, Jenny... Thank you for being here with us. Yeah, it is my pleasure to be here with you and to join. And let me just tell you, like, just the joy you radiate, like, on those social media streets, because I haven't met you in the real streets, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. um, just what you just, I just, I mean, just light, just so much light. And you bring such, um, you just shift the atmosphere with your presence. So I'm, it is my honor and pleasure to join you on this podcast. I'm so grateful that you would connect with me, especially being so far away, but that's the beauty of technology in this season that this helps redeem all the darkness of it at times, you know, so I just love to connect and I'm so grateful. Oh my goodness. You must've known that I needed to hear that this morning. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. You know, you have such an incredible story. I've gotten the opportunity to listen to bits and pieces, to read some of the articles you've shared, and, you know, to check out everything on your website. As I've mentioned, I've been encouraged by your content. And you experienced an incredible shift in your life, in your marriage, in your ministry. Can you tell us just what the Lord has been doing in your life and how you have been learning to surrender to the transition? Oh, you know, you feel like if, I mean, book worth of, um, of story, but I would say, I think we all had, um, you know, our, we have these common struggles, these things that come up consistently and the Lord brings victory and he brings healing and breakthrough. But I almost picture it as you're walking around this mountain, you get them further and further up or whatever you want to look at it, you're going deeper and deeper and you're, the enemy brings back that same issue in a different way. And God is, you know, plugging at that same core thing in you. For me, it really has been trust. Trust has been one of the biggest issues I think that I've wrestled with the Lord about and had to surrender, had to lean into, be reminded to believe that I can trust in the Lord. And so in the transition, he highlighted that. And, you know, that stems from 
you know, childhood and when you're dealing with like my, my, my mom was a single parent for most of you know my childhood and you're dealing with certain situations and, and all of that. But it really culminated recently in our move to Iceland. Spent, you know, years. I studied social work, ended up working in ministry. If so I was on pastoral staff for about 12 years, working with junior hires, then working with women and in the, in the um, community area. And my husband was actually, he met the Lord in the States, but he was born in Iceland and was working for about 16 years in just inner city community ministry just everywhere. But, and we even had, you know, boys living with us that we had custody over, you know, guardianship over and just doing all these different things and having you know, our kids. But I would say about two or three years before we moved to Iceland, he was getting this stirring and just getting dreams, getting just this burden for his home and for his land. And just, and God was beginning to close doors in, in the area that we were in, in Huntsville, especially for him. But I wasn't hearing it because I'm like, your girl ain't moving to Iceland. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, listen, like I was born in the States, you know, born and majority of my time raised in, in Alabama, lived a little bit in the D.C. area and in Tennessee. But I'm like, my, my family's here, majority of my family's here. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, that's not, I can't even compute that. Um, so what was happening, I was putting this wall up um, with my husband when he was trying to engage and talk about it. I didn't want to hear it because I didn't want to go there until finally, and I will say that part of that surrender, thank God for sisterhood. Thank God for people in the body of Christ that that will be real with you and call you out, right, in the best way. And so um, I had a sister in the Lord, an older um, woman who just a prayer warrior intercessor. And I remember there was this night of worship we had at her house. And um, in worship, I just, as I closed my eyes, I just felt like I saw the Lord coming to me like a lion. And he was roaring. And he was saying, I'm roaring away all the lies that you're believing and that you're coming into agreement with. And I was like, okay, I'll take, okay, Lord, you know, thank you for meeting me for that encounter, all that, right? So the worship night ends and then we're leaving. And she said, Jenny, I need to talk to you. She goes, it's kind of hard for me to say, but I felt this from the Lord for a while. But he's saying, you need to stop agreeing with lies. Stop agreeing with lies. So the same night right after that you are viewing and comparing your husband to others and looking at him in a certain way. But you, the, because you're agreeing with lies, you're doing this. And it's almost like you have these hands around your husband's neck and where he goes next is up to you. And I was like, when I tell you, I cried. I mean, because God had already prepped me and met me in worship. And then this, this word that she gave me so prayerfully and such in love and was right on target. And so what happened was in that moment, it was like, okay, Lord, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what this looks like, but I'm going to put my hands out. That so, and that tr- I'm going to trust you. And it just led to more and more confirmation. I mean, so much so pouring out. I was like, God, okay, I got it. You don't got to say no to nothing else. You don't got to give it another sign. We're moving to Iceland. And I mean, just craziness, like things that people would, whether say, dreams we would have in prayer, the word like that would just come alive for us. And so, so as we were moving as well, I was like, Lord, how are you going to provide for us? What does that look like? And so it was just a journey of trust over and over again. The things that he would whisper to me and to see how he has come through in the season. Like, I, I mean, I would like, I cannot even, it's just, it's just incredible. It's just incredible from the house we live in, the car we drive, how he has met us, even the ability to 
life and to see him fulfill the desires of my heart on this side of it that I thought I had to lay down because I was moving here. So there's so much more involved in that. But yeah, it's been a journey of trust in that transition. And and I'm so thankful, right? I'm so thankful because it's deepened my view of the Lord and deepened something in me that no matter how the winds blow and they're blowing right now around us in Iceland that I'm anchored. I'm anchored. My goodness. Wow. It is my prayer that we would all hear the Lord's voice so much louder than we hear the lies of the enemy. I bless God for your story, for how you've shared it with us and for, as you mentioned, sisterhood. Those women that come alongside us to tell us the truth. I want to ask, has anybody ever doubted what you felt the Lord calling you to do and verbalized that doubt? And how did you learn to press forward in spite of those voices in that situation? Ooh, that's a good and kind of dangerous, right, question. Um, and I think I love how you also clarify the question a little bit because I think there's two parts to that, right? Where people express doubt or we sense doubt, but ultimately we don't know for sure. And a lot of times we then come into agreement with the enemy and that accusation, that insecurity, that fear of man, that's a big thing um, for me, you know, like wanting to people please, right? But I, I, I have had in a way those doubts, you know, vocalized. And I think it comes when you take a step forward and you make a decision. Um, I know that was the case when I chose to do social work instead of medical school, um, you know, for my family. And then even in the publication of my first book, you know, there was a little bit of that was a hard season because I was stepping out um, doing that, you know, along with my role, you know, at the church. And, um, and it was hard because I didn't want there to be any kind of conflict of interest and trying to navigate. What does that look like? Can I do this? But I had to remember that, you know, what we're called to do, and we don't say that so flippantly or pridefully where we're just tossing in the face of other people, but has God called you? And, and, I, and I recognize too that this is like my fingerprint of worship. This is what I step out in, especially when it came to writing. It's not just trying to build a ministry. It's not, wasn't trying to build a name for myself. It's like, this is the, like the air that I breathe. Like, um, when I'm not engaging in this thing that God put in me, like I'm actually not worshiping him fully. Like I've been created to worship. I'm not expressing that unique fingerprint that he gave to me. Um, and so I think remembering that, and that's why identity is so huge for me, intimacy and out of that really natural influence, because I was like, okay, if I'm, if I know who I am in him, I'm his daughter, this is what he's placed in me then I need to do my best to step forward um, in that. And so it was, it was a struggle, but I think that's where, again, the community and healthy conversation, not shying away from having those conversations and, um, and, and just being real with what you feel and what you're called to, having that being anchored in the Lord, anchored in, in scripture and pressing forward. And so, because you just felt like um, you almost had to have permission to walk those things out. And so because of that, I'm really big on um, doing my best to give permission to others. Not that they need my permission, but to be like, hey, you can do this. You got this. Like, you know, like I was like the, the one, like even in, when I was still in, in, in ministry, like, um, you know, calling out some of my, my peers, like, no, get up there and receive what you need. Right. Don't be in the shadows. No, come into this, this group because um, 
at times you feel like that you have, you're kind of, you know, pushed aside or rejected or you're not allowed to do something. And so I really wanted to, you know, if it was in my ability to do was to not agree with doubt for others, but agree with what God had for them, agree with that God dream for them as well. And so it definitely is, it's hard. And um, when people doubt that, um, because that, that feeds that fear of man, that feeds that insecurity, but we have to, again, trust, okay, Lord, if you put this in me, you're going to give me the words to say, um, you're going to give me the boldness, but ultimately this is, this is for you. This is for you. And um, I want to mention John um, chapter 12. That's where I think the biggest like um, encouragement always for me is when Mary, right? She broke crowd back and back, poured the theme on Jesus' feet. Her focus was worship. Focus was worship. And the Bible says the fragrance filled the room. Her responsibility wasn't the fragrance, wasn't what it would stir up. It wasn't what people said because Judas was talking. <laughs> he was talking, but that wasn't her responsibility. Her responsibility was being at Jesus' feet, worshiping him, with what she had in her hand. And so that always reminds me, okay, like doesn't matter what people say or even think or verbalize, is my core place, am I anchored in you? Is this ultimately worship? Okay, Lord, then I, you're gonna take care of everything else. You're gonna take care of the influence. You're gonna take care of the naysayers. You're gonna take care of whatever else if I focus on the worship. There was so much there. It is only our responsibility to focus on the worship that we get to just enjoy at the feet of our Lord. And when we do, it becomes our fingerprint. My goodness, did y'all catch that? Ah, that just took me to another place. I had to, I had to come back real quick. <laughs> oh, but we are not responsible for the fragrance. We're not responsible for what happens as a result of that worship, as a result of inviting God to just form that area of our life. But we are responsible for what we choose to do and how we choose to follow him. Mm, I'll be playing that back multiple times. Thank you so much. <laughs> how would you describe the spiritual and the religious culture there in Iceland? And what does integrity, you know, play in everyday life as you attempt to influence others to turn to Christ? Oh man, integrity, that's such like, I think one of my favorite words and um, things like, you know, I'm about identity, intimacy, influence. So like, if I could add integrity in there, I would because, yeah. oh man, it matters so much. And it matters so much for this climate because um, like as far as a history lesson real quick, and this is like with all my love and adoration for where we are for, I mean, my kids are part Icelandic, my husband's Icelandic, but in the year 1000, Iceland, you know, pagan nation, and Christianity really came by force, which a lot of times it came a, a lot of places. And so the kind of pagan priest in that moment with, with much pressure and trying to decide what to do, said, okay, we're going to become a Christian nation through all their, their gods, their idols in a waterfall that's actually up north of Iceland, where we were for about two years, called Godafall, which is the Godfall. Um, but so we'll be Christian on the outside, right? So we'll be that. But on the inside, people can still do in their household, in their home, what they want to do. They can do. So we're going to have that on the outside, but on the inside, they can still do their specific things. And in my perspective, coming in, that's what I feel has carried on over the centuries. 
that I think if you would look it up, look like a Christian nation because there's government church. Um, so when people are born, they are signed into the Church of Iceland. You have to sign yourself out to not be a part of the church. And that means like even your part of your taxes go to the Church of Iceland. Now, it's growing that a lot of people are signing themselves out and it's a different like pagan faith is growing again. There are free churches, which means churches who are like, we're Bible, if we're not going to be part of the government church and they find themselves out and they're there and that's where, you know, we're connected with. Um, but because of that, you know, people can go to school to be a priest for the government church and not even be a believer. Oh, wow. And many times um, I've heard others say here that those who maybe studied law and didn't end up being a lawyer without a turn to the priesthood because it's consistent income, whatever, but you may not even be a believer. Also, what it causes is that people don't sometimes feel the need to make a personal decision to follow Jesus because one well, I'm signed into the church. My money goes here, or I was dedicated in, you know, as a baby. And then, and a lot of people still do when you turn 13 and there um, is what's called fetiming, where it's like your confirmation. But it's almost like a graduation party for us where you get gifts and, and money and all that. And I think there's definitely a pocket where it's very sincere and uh, they're very sincere in this stream of, uh, of the church. But what we, I see the vast majority, it is like, this is outside, but we don't necessarily even believe. Um, we, we're not even there. It's just, that's just the title. That's just the image. But we're, it's just, I mean, so Iceland is a very, very secular um, in action, I guess, in atmosphere country. And so integrity really matters because if you have a situation where there's an outward maybe expression or image, but not any kind of walking out day to day, any relationship, any personal decision to follow Jesus, then for us to say that we're believers, that we're following Jesus, every choice we make, the actions we, we make, how we live out that relationship really matters to the point where people are like, okay, so what's different about you? Or are you not one of those crazy ones? Like for, for those who really believe sometimes they're considered crazy, you know, holy rollers, you've gone, you're too, you're too much or whatever. And so when they see you live this out daily and also see kindness and compassion, hopefully generosity, all that, it, it does actually stand out in a way because like, this is, this is different, right? This is different. So it matters. That matters. It matters for our kids to see that. It matters for them to see that it's not just vocally what we're saying. We're not talking, we're not just believers because we've been signed in somewhere. No, this is day in, day out. This is mommy's clinging to the word. You know, this is, you know, we're not going to watch that because that doesn't please God. And I don't want that to open a door of fear or any, you know, oppression or whatever in your life. You know, we're having conversation. It matters because sometimes we make decisions where for our kids, we're like, they're not going to participate in that at school because you don't have a choice for school. Everybody goes to school. You can't homeschool unless you get it approved and such a long process. So you can't do that. So walking in integrity to our faith, to what God says, and also in character really, really matters. And I hope that it makes a difference. I know that sounds bad. I, I, I'm confident that it does, but I plan in a way, it's hard ground. It's hard. It, it, it's hard. You know, it, re it really is. It's not when people think about, okay, going to an area to minister, missions, whatever, it may not look like what you see in other countries. You know, you're not going to see fruit a lot of times right away. You, it's like you have to be consistent and faithful and planted in here and and begin to 
allow God to unfold and be in alignment with him. And integrity really, really matters for that. It really does. We are praying for you. We're praying for your work. We're praying just that God continue to just bless your faithfulness, your family's faithfulness. I didn't know any of that. And my heart breaks. My heart just breaks for, you know, the pain that we endure and the trauma that we begin to adapt to when religion is forced. And that's mm -hmm. what sets Jesus apart in every way. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have, you know, started deconstructing and even yeah. begun to, I mean, just bring out the hard parts about Christianity, particularly, you know, what you were saying during the time where colonization was so connected to it. Yeah. And even, you know, more just, you know, just the infiltration and the force that was used in, in various nations across the world. But ah, Jesus never required, he always offered, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's just what sets him apart. And yeah. It's a, it's a life that is so much better than anything else. And my heart just mm -hmm. breaks that that is so many people's experience, you know, uh, that they yeah. have been so traumatized that they're, you know, just not even aware, yeah. <laughs> not even yeah. aware yeah. that there's so much more yeah. out there. Yeah, that there's, that there's a reality. And that's why you talk about integrity. Just seeing that reality lived out really matters. And it's not just for show. It's not just what you see, you know, people see on television or the rumors you hear about, you know, Bible believing Jesus following Christians that know this is real, you know, and it's daily life and it's how we walk this out. And so, yeah, because I think that dispels that darkness um, and that breaks that lie that has been passed down for centuries that, okay, we can be one way hourly, but we can do whatever we want. Okay, it doesn't matter because, you know, there's no consequence, there's no whatever. And it is heartbreaking, I think, for me too, when I realized like, man, people don't feel the need to even, to, to, like, there's no, there, no one, like, feels like, it, it's almost like, usually when you are really strong in your faith, they'll ask, well, did you have an addiction? Were you an alcoholic? Did something really bad happen? Because that's when, you know, with, praise God, I mean, we get to rock bottom, thank God that we signed the rock, right? Um, yeah. But for people who feel like, assume that they're doing okay, well, why do I need anything else? Why, why do I need to go further? Why, why do I need to make a decision? And that is difficult and challenging, but, but not for the Lord. And that's why I remind myself when I'm just like, Ooh, we, Lord, you know, this is hard. I'm like, no, but again, you called us, called us. So even when myself, you know, or the enemy or whatever brings doubt and all that, no God, you, you have us here for a reason and you are advancing in Jesus name. Yes, yes, yes. And Sis, I just appreciate that fingerprint of worship that he is leading you to, you know, share with so many others. You have already spoken to it, you know, y'all, we are not responsible for the fragrance, but we mm -hmm. are definitely praying yeah. that you see the fruit. I uh, recently just thought of this as you were speaking. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Nick Ripkin. Have you ever heard of Nick Ripkin? It sounds My familiar, but I don't know. Uh, my friend introduced me to him. She um, goes and does mission trips in um, areas where the church is persecuted. And he's got a book called The Insanity of God. 
And mm. I can't recommend this book enough, y'all. Oh my goodness. My I did not know about him before, but this book just uh, broke me down in tears over and over and over again. They were such healing tears because I, I mean, my goodness, he is incredibly defeated by what he goes through in another country that the Lord calls him to. And he goes to a place and he's just like, God, I can't believe you would call me to this. I can't believe that you would call me to a space where those followers whom you would entrust were into relationship with me would be killed because of that relationship. And he goes to a very dark place from what his friends experienced, from what he experienced. And then the Lord takes him on a tour through the countries where the church is persecuted. And it will bless your life but um I will give a little spoiler um during his time away the Lord did some miraculous things in the country mm. that he first called him to and you have to read the book because the other stories that he shares from the other from the other believers throughout the persecuted church were just mind-blowing I mean what the Lord is doing is just just mind-blowing but that faithfulness, that faithfulness will be rewarded. And I am praying for you, Jenny. My goodness, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the work that you and your husband are doing. And I see why the enemy also wanted to keep you away from that, right? Like, why he would want to, you know, just distract you with all of the lies, because this is powerful. This is powerful. I want to ask, you know, how can the need for affirmation from others chisel away at our integrity? And how have you learned to stand strong in a place where I, you know, probably would think that you don't have much affirmation? <laughs> Sis, it is time for you to start communicating confidently about God's truth. And I am here to help you do that. Whether you want to begin launching your own podcast or you want to recognize your areas of strength and the opportunities of growth you have, you can find a variety of resources in the show notes below as well as at livedooly.com. It's there that you can access the seven podcasting essentials that I cannot do without as well as the confidence quiz that I've prepared just for you. Now, go be great. Oh, man, that's, Help you know, that's been, become such a buzzword, you know, lately. Um, and, and, you know, about affirmations and, and, you know, having these words speak over, over and over again. And, I, and I, you know, in a sense, like, that's, that's great. But I think we make this, um, we turn it almost into a mantra, and it's like we elevate the method over mm -hmm. it's not just about the affirmation it's who it's connected to um that's what it's gonna and so even like i love to encourage you know i love like all that but it's like i my goal is to call you out to jesus he like it's him because i can have all the affirmation and all the encouragement in the world but if i'm not moving toward the one the source of it then that is actually for not and um so, wow, it just, it's just that fear of man, y'all. It's like feared man versus the fear of the Lord. And that need for constant affirmation and for approval um, to please people, um, it chills away because we become divided. We're not, no longer whole. Um, your, your head is swayed 
um, by you're doing things based on people. I mean, if you think about if Mary, like we were talking about before, if she had really been swayed and hindered by what, you know, um, Jews was saying. But think about this too. Think about the fact if she had been swayed by the lack of affirmation initially from her sister, right? And Luke, when, when Martha was like calling for help and saying, Lord, don't you care that my sister's not helping me? Remember, Mary was positioned again at his feet, listening to what he said. And Martha, in that moment, I love me to Martha, okay? So just not be hating on Martha. Yeah, yeah. In the story, um, she was kind of almost in a sense about to call her sister away. There was no affirmation there. There was no like, hey, I'm so glad you're sitting there. You know, I'm going to handle this. You soak up what you can. She wasn't doing that. And so if we get so caught up in approval or people pleasing, we may miss when Jesus is in the room. And the very reason why you need the affirmation and you're hungry for that, you're going to miss because you're going to miss Jesus. And so we really had to set our focus on him. I'm so thankful for all the words we received, but I always tell myself, okay, Jenny, but is there, is there like a hook to hang it on? And that hook doesn't come from other people. It's from the Lord. Has the Lord set that in me beforehand? And I recently had to repent for even that because, you know, we talked about writing before, my fingerprint of worship and knowing that God, and you know, several years ago, the Lord just confirmed it amazingly, you know, that Jen, you're called to write, you're here also to write. But I was still doubting. And we talk about when people can maybe say things or do I need permission or to doubt. I was doubting. I was like, Lord, okay, I'm set here. Can I do this? Can I still write? Can I still kind of pursue that? Can I still run after that from this place? Is that okay for me to do as this minister, as this missionary, you know, supported all of that. I struggled. And so over the years, even though the Lord solidified that call, but there was a way I was still struggling. Wow, fear of man is such a like wicked entangling of spirit, honestly. Like, and I just was, was struggling with it and, and really caring. And I went to a writer's conference last September and it was amazing. It was so good. Um, the ACFW um, uh, uh, conference. And I remember talking to one of the ladies there because she'd been a missionary when she started writing. And so I said, you know, how do you deal with maybe your thoughts and whatever? And she was like, you know, you need to write, like do this, like keep moving forward. And so I was like, yes, I got that affirmation and was really encouraging. And um, so the way that I always, when I'm kind of about to struggle or that I'm, try, I'm about to get tripped at, is just again, remembering, okay, who am I? I belong to you, Lord, before I was, um, you know, somebody's daughter, somebody's wife, somebody's mom, friend pastor, whatever, Lord, I, I'm yours. I belong to you. I'm anchored in you because I'm anchored in you, Lord. Then where do I belong? With you, like Mary, right at your feet, right there, cultivating that intimacy, that relationship. And then from there, what you choose to produce from this place of abiding, God, you'll produce it. You'll produce the fruit. You'll produce the fragrance. You'll do whatever. And so God, if I'm yours and you have called me and cultivated this longing to write, right? I'm going to do that because you've said it. And, and I belong to you before I belong to anybody else. And, and so that's really, um, really because you remind there. And so my encouragement would be for those even struggling with that, like, first of all, has there been something that you've agreed with that, um, that has made you forget that God's promises? Like, repent. <laughs> Yes. I know because we don't yes. want to hear that. We don't want to be like, no, it's just, it's not like this big complicated thing. It's not like you are valueless and you are unworthy. No, you just will go in one direction. It's like, you know what? I'm going to go back this direction. 
um, I'm going to repent and allow God to do what I couldn't do anyway. Right. And so um, I just really encourage you because when I got off, off that floor, that hotel ring, man, I felt so light. I just felt so light and relieved. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to seek out affirmation. If it comes, amazing. I'll hang it on the hook that God already put on the wall already. Right. I'll just add it to what God's already said because he's already given me a word. Oh, y'all. The anointing just flows. My goodness, the oil just flows off of you. I have had chills just sitting here listening to you. Y'all, hmm, what has the Lord already told you? Yes. Let's take it back right there. And what I love is that you didn't hate on Martha. I love me some Martha. I really do. Yeah. I was recently studying this passage all over again, and I recognized that Martha was also doing what the culture required. It yeah. was yeah. not typical yeah. at all for a woman to sit at a teacher's feet, right? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <sighs> so... Y'all, yeah, yeah. the Lord may call us. He may call us to do some things that defy culture, but stay in that place because he is with you and his approval is all that we need. Yes. Amen. You want to add anything? <laughs> Amen. I mean, okay, I, okay, it, okay. It, <laughs> I didn't know. I needed to take a pause because I'm like, whatever. If you want to say anything else, like. No, I think, yeah, it's just, it's, that is one of my anchoring um, stories, excuse me. <laughs> that is one of my anchoring stories because I think we see all levels and layers a lot of times of what we women deal with. Um, you see, again, Mary going against the culture, breaking that to encounter Jesus. Um, and you see Martha in that role that it was, it was actually a good thing. So, and the Lord didn't call her out as if it's just sinful. He just said that it's just distracting you. Um, and I think so that level of even that good thing, you know, Martha, you maybe made it a distraction, um, you know, weren't contending it, whatever, because you know, when you go to the next story of Lazarus dying, um, it's Martha who comes out first and she's dialoguing with the Lord and some profound, amazing things are said. But then what happens in this instant, instead of her trying to call her sister away in a sense, right, because she's trying to get that step prepared. But this time, when the Lord was asking for Mary, she goes and calls her sister to Jesus. I love that story because she said, the teacher is calling for you. So I, so Martha didn't let bitterness stop her. She didn't like let offense, like how dare Jesus say that, whatever. No, okay, yeah, I'm going to be the first one out this time, even in my grief, and I'm going to call my sister, you know, to him. So then you get to that part, the story where then Mary has anointed the feet. And what's it say? Martha is there serving. I mean, think about just all the dynamics of like what could have been like um, pressure, tension, what could have um, hindered Martha from bitterness, what could have hindered Mary maybe from insecurity or whatever. But it's like, no, this was the intention. Thank you, Martha, for how you worship and how by serving in your hospitality. Thank you, Mary, for how you're worshiping in your way by pouring at that the feet. And so, again, it's not if we keep comparing ourselves to each other and um you know, maybe even failing to recognize what season people are in or all of that, we're going to miss what Jesus would have to say to us. And so that's why it's so important to be anchored, so important to not give in to the fear of man, so important to operate, like you said, in integrity, 
and integrity, right? If you have a hard time defining it, what makes you whole? What is God saying? How are you supposed to be lining up with him, right? That is that is integrity and walking in integrity. Um, in Proverbs 20, verse 7, it says, the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Because you're walking in integrity, you're setting a, a firm path for your feet. And you're setting a path for children and for people and for mentees and those you're discipling and those you're influencing to come after you. We think it's just about us, but it's not. It's about what you have no idea what you're uprooting because you're deciding to walk in integrity. You don't have any idea the atmosphere you are shifting in a room because you're walking in integrity and you're saying, I don't understand. I may not always get it right, but God, I'm going to follow after you and choose to elevate your voice above any other. And God does mighty things with that. And it's just so, so important for us to remember that whatever we're doing, whatever role, whatever season, whatever stage that we're in. Yeah, I love how you brought it back to the fact that it's not about us. You know, when we look at integrity, when we look at obedience, we oftentimes think, what will I get out of yeah. this as a result of it? Yeah. And I just appreciate how you shared that you are carving a path for others to follow in your footsteps. Hmm. A couple of uh, episodes back, we talked with Kanita Rutley at the end of season four, and she talked about generational obedience Ooh. and how some of the things that she hadn't, her grandma hadn't even been able to see, she was able to see because of her grandma's obedience, because of her father's obedience. So mm, thank you for bringing us back to the greater picture, Jenny. I could talk to you all day. In fact, I could just listen. <laughs> I could just like press play and say, say whatever the Lord gives you to say, because it has been a joy. It has been a pleasure. My goodness, thank you. Thank you for all of the ways that you let him speak to you and how you have spoken to us from those places. You have a new book coming out soon. I know it's going to be mm -hmm. a little while, but mm -hmm. you're you're in the preparation for yes. this book to come out. Yeah. You've got some yeah. other good stuff going on. Can yeah. you tell the ladies um, any part of what you'd like to share and where they can get connected to you? Yeah, well, you can definitely get connected. Um, through, you know, all the social media places, um, Instagram, I'm Jenny Erlingson and Facebook, Jenny Erlingson or Jenny and the Erling, Erlingson. Um, but, you know, like we say, we know like website ladies, like, you know, um, for anybody, um, check out their website. Um, if you are interested in following, if you engage with what they share, their content, sign up for that email list. Um, because, you know, we know when we're in these spaces, that's very important if we're like, as we're working with publishers and all that. But honestly, like, um, you know, things are so fickle with social media. And I think, you know, if you want to follow somebody and follow them in a way where they are owning the content, the algorithm is not chipping at whatever, like join their email. It's a practical way. Join, the, join their email list um, and be there. And just that way you have that email. If God may highlight it, you may be, be like, oh, let me go click on that. And you get that content and maybe just what you need on that day and not hindered by anything else. Okay. So little plug for, for all that. But yeah, so I had two, I would say nonfiction books, but they do bring in biblical fiction in a way where I dive into some of these the stories of women in the Bible and kind of share from their perspective, like, what was it like to be Noah's wife? What was it like to be, you know, Hulda, that prophet, potentially? It's just kind of Holy Spirit imagination, if you will, 
Then I bring an application at the end, but all from the place of identity called becoming his, finding your place as a daughter of God. And that kind of continued a bit in milk and honey in the land of fire and ice of then me going into identity, intimacy, and influence with three pairs, talk about sisterhood of women, um, one with the issue of blood and Jairus' daughter, because they were healed in the same like path, if you will. Then the next one is, of course, Mary and Martha. And then I talk about Deborah and JL. Like those are, man, that sucks. I just, I just love what happens in that, um, in these stories where these women are either working directly together or parallel and how God moves. And so you can find that. But my next book is actually going to be fiction, which is my first love in writing. Y'all was that girl writing stories about my Barbies and, and all of that. And just, coming up with, you know, just different scenes and settings. And um, so I'm so excited to um, see that release 2024. So please, y'all don't forget and y'all y'all come out. And, um, and, and I'll say this, it, it's really um, important for as we see more people and even more women of color in these spaces and maybe more out there with books and, um, and speaking or at conferences for your support, but not in a way that is inauthentic. Um, there are things that God would have to say to you that are coming out of a vessel and maybe it hits you right because it's coming out of that vessel, you know? And even when it comes to fiction, there's not a lot currently in, in traditional publishing, a lot of authors of color. And so, you know, I've read, I've read a ton of, I love, I love reading books, nonfiction, fiction. So you know, we're reading across the board. Those of us who love to read, we're reading everything. And so we're asking in a way for you to read us too, you know, um, to not think that because we release a book is just for a segment of people. And sometimes that book theme is, but I encourage you, um, if you like reading fiction or nonfiction to really expand and, and be spirit led and to don't let something hinder you to, to, taking a hold of that because that really matters because what how people engage in that process opens the door even wider for more to come in with their stories who've never had opportunity to come in and so I'm excited about that I'm excited to be able to release um, that story um, uh, in next year and I'll be looking out for from Ravel books and so I'm just grateful um, for the opportunity and talking about sisters for my agent Barb Ruth who not only like didn't give up, but prayed was like, okay, let's pray and see what, okay, let's go this direction and see, you know, what happened. And I'm just so grateful for that. Um, so, so yeah, this was coming up. Mm. Congratulations on all of that. I do pray that this is not your last time here with us. <laughs> <laughs> We need more. We need more. And I know that everybody's going to get connected to you. I'm linking all the things below, but I do hope that this will not be your last time here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'll come back anytime. Oh, thank you so much for that. Can I ask you a couple of secrets? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so weird asking that. <laughs> I'm not going to change it though, y'all. We're the best kept secret. It's more fun though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we know they're never secrets. <laughs> uh, and the first one is uh, what do you do to slow down in this fast paced culture? Oh my goodness. What I do, just kind of what I said. Um, if I can just sit. And I always laugh because my kids are like, I'm bored. Or even my husband, he's, he, he's, he's extroverted to the, you know, 
10th degree and, um, and I'm like, listen, boredom is a luxury. So for me, when I have that moment where I don't have something on my list that I'm trying to, to get done, it's just really sitting in my chair and picking up a book and reading and just, and just savoring words and savoring um, turns of phrase and all of that. Or just sitting there and honestly, like, like Lord, what are you thinking right now? Like, I know it sounds kind of strange what God thinking, but God, what are you doing right now? Like, what does that have to do with me of like turning my attention um, to him? You know, so that's kind of, um, I know, like, I hope it didn't sound too, like, you know, um, spiritual. But that's, yeah, that's me because, honey, like, sit down, like, that. once I sit down, then somebody would call my name, <laughs> you know? So being able just to sit and look out the window and look out like, at the scenery, even when it's storming here in Iceland and the snow's blowing, but there's just something um, very uh, just magnificent and awe-inspiring and all of that. And so just kind of just, you kind of breathe in and it's like, oh, thank you, you know? And so, yeah, that's kind of how I slow down. I'm going to go sit in a chair now and do nothing. That yeah. sounds, that sounds amazing. It does. Mm. What are you doing on a day off? Like, sky's the limit. What would your options be? What would you do? On a day off? Oh, my goodness. Uh, gosh, I feel like I'm so bored on the days off. But, um, you know, and that's hard because, like, so here in Iceland on a day off, I'd probably, if I could just sit and read a book all the way through without interruption, um, I want to be doing that. Or, watch, you know, watch a good movie. I, d- I don't watch as much TV movies as I did, you know, years past, which I'm, I'm grateful for, actually that I, I'm not, but like being able to really watch a movie that I've been wanting to watch, you know, if I was actually in the state on a day off, I'd probably be driving maybe to Nashville, like catching. I remember, you know, before I was married, me and my friends going to Nashville and or to Birmingham, just to listen to some good music, soulful music, just relaxing that way. So out to eat with friends. Yeah. I think that, that's what I would be doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What do y'all do in Iceland? How how often does it snow there? <laughs> we you don't know. know. Educate the sisters. It was all the time. When I was lived up north in Iceland, like it was like from October to about April, May. Like, it was just snowing. I had never, but let me tell you, my respect for Iceland was just real. I thought, y'all over here, I'm taking to my park. Y'all over here digging your part out of the snow to go to work. Like that, I mean, like y'all the real one. I'm like, wow, wow. So here, I mean, it's not as much in the South, but it's just been a, like December, January, February. I'm like, whew, it's crazy. I mean, and for the tourists here, I'm like, y'all, I'm so sorry because we had tourists stranded at the airport. Then we had some stranded on airplanes on the runway because it was too windy and icy to even Ooh. get them to the gate to get off. And they were in on the plane all day <laughs> a few weeks ago, you know, car. So I'm like, oh, tourists, bless y'all. So it's it's that because of the island where we are, it's the snow, but it's just, it's the wind, constant wind and um, all of that sometimes. And, you know, but then you have the summer where there's 24-7 sunlight and the weather is milder. It can still get crazy, but it's milder, but to, for the sun not to go down, you know, all summer basically is kind of cool um, to mm-hmm. see. Okay, cool, cool. You are helping us. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> um. The last question I have for you is what is bringing a smile to your face? Oh, you know, my, my kids, honestly, right now, because they are, you know, they didn't choose to move here. And, you know, again, they're part, I plan to been here for four years and all that. And, but there are days where they 
they met their their friends in the state. They just met maybe the state. But when I see them, you know, playing with each other and, you know, even the fighting and all that, or if I hear from teachers, you know, like your kids, yeah, they may be struggling here or there, but they are so kind and they're so polite and all of that. That brings me joy because that's what we want for our kids, right? Like they may struggle with reading or, I mean, math or whatever, but like walking and kindness and how you treat people, it just makes you feel like, that's, you know, parenting, like I've done something okay. And so, yeah, just just see their faces, see how they're growing, you know, as I'm sneaking looks at them, you know, during the day and just to think like, God, look what you've done, you know, look, look what you, me and my husband with. And yeah, just so thankful for them, for their faces, for their dimples, for their smiles and all of that. And so that they're, they're, they're bringing me joy, even though, you know, then the half the time is like, where's that joy at? Where's that joy? I need to find them. But, but they are, they are. Yeah. Great for them. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Would you pray us out? Yes. First of all, Lord, we just thank you so much for who you are. We glorify your name. Oh, Lord Jesus. There is no one like you and no one compares to you. You are worthy of all of our praise, all of our adoration, oh Lord God. God, I thank you that you continue to, and you always will speak a better word than all the other things that are raging around us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for your voice, Lord God, that speaks louder and higher than any other voice sound lie, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those listening, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, just for your presence in their lives, Lord God for what you are desiring to do in and through them, Lord God. I do pray, God, for a breaking off of lies. Lord God, if there's anything that they've come into agreement with, the son of you, if they have elevated anyone else's voices over you, Lord God, I pray that you would lead them in repentance. You would lead them in shifting and in in turning around, Lord God, and remembering what you've spoken, remembering how you seize them, Lord God, remembering the things, God, that they are meant to agree with, Lord, in Jesus' name, God. May they be anchored in you, Lord. May they be anchored in you. May they be reminded that they are your daughters, Lord God, and they are men listening. They are your sons, Lord God, before anything else. And they belong with you, Lord God. Because from that place, Lord God, the roles that they walk in, God, the careers they have, God, the people they lead, the work they do, God, will be anointed, will be covered, will release a fragrance they cannot even comprehend when they anchor themselves in you, when they abide in you and don't agree with any lie from the enemy, Lord God. God, I bless live right now. God, I thank you, Father, for this podcast and what she is doing, Lord God. I pray, God, for continued anointing over her and all the things that her hands touch, Lord God. And God, I think that you know very well, intimately well, the desires of her heart, Lord God. May they come to pass in your way, in your timing, without hindrance, God, as she continues to, to, to delight herself in you, Lord God. I bless her. I bless those listening. And I thought I thank God for this time of getting to connect and getting to share, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. and amen. Didn't that conversation just make you want to get into your word? I know I can't wait to just find some time with God to study his word. If this conversation helped you in any way, would you please head over to Apple Podcasts 
Spotify or Audible and leave a review. It would truly help others to find this conversation. Now, in between time, I am at Candid Live and it would be a pleasure to do life with you. I'll talk with you soon. Love you.